Hey everyone, and happy freaking new year. Welcome back to the podcast. You guys know this podcast. It's a podcast all about movie commentaries. And it's been a hot minute since I've been on here to do a podcast. So I'm excited to be back and excited to get right back into it. I do want to let you guys know that there are going to be some changes to how I'm going to be doing episodes and my pages and everything like that. So for starters, I'm only going to have episodes every two weeks, not weekly. Also, once we're done with the Saga series, so once we're done with the Twilight series, I'm going to take a full two weeks off just to take a breather, reset, get ready for the next movie or series, whatever we're going to be doing. If it's just one movie, I won't, but with those sagas, I just need a breather. Just takes a lot out of me. (laughs) Also, on like my TikToks and Instagram and Twitter, I'm going to try to be a little bit more active on those rather than just saying, hey, new episode and give you the date. So just be prepared for that if you guys follow me. And on my TikTok, I am going to be doing a little bit different stuff. I'm probably going to be showing you like my movie collection, everything like that, just because I do have just physical media instead of just streaming it, which my husband doesn't understand why I still collect DVDs, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But enough with the jibber jabber. We're going to get right into it. This week is New Moon. It's what y'all have been waiting on since freaking November, and I am so, so sorry. We had a lot of sickness, and holidays are just crazy, and I know if any of you have kids, you know how crazy it is, and with having to go see family and everything like that. So, just needed that time away to reset and get my boundaries and how I'm going to do everything. So, but we're back, and we're doing New Moon, finally. I will say that this was probably my least favorite book. I liked the movie okay. It was definitely better than the book because I didn't have to listen to whining for the whole thing. But it wasn't the best movie. It didn't really captivate you the whole time. We did get our Team Jacob going, which was great, but still not very exciting. But this was the first Twilight that I worked at the movie theater, and it was freaking bananas. Like, everybody and their mother was there to see it starting at freaking 8.30. And it came out, I'm pretty sure, on Thanksgiving weekend. So we were like, why are you not with your families, you crazy people? And I don't even think I got a full break that day. I think I ate Taco Bell for my Thanksgiving lunch because they were the only place that was open. So shout out to Taco Bell. They're the bomb. And we were super short-staffed, I do remember, because they were like, oh, it's not going to be that busy on Thanksgiving. Uh, Wrong. People love to come see movies on the holidays. Christmas was our busiest day of the year. It was insane. But then my crazy self, after I worked an eight-hour shift, went and watched this movie because I wanted to know what the hype was all about and I wanted to make sure that it was as good as everybody said it was. And it was good until Eclipse came out. Then that was better. (laughs) But it's crazy to think that this movie came out 10 years ago. But enough strolling down memory lane. We're going to get right into this movie. Okay, so you guys know the drill. We're going to start with our stars of this movie. All our original peeps are, of course, back, but we are adding Michael Sheen as Aro, Jamie Campbell Bauer as Caius, and Dakota Fanning as Jane. They are part of the Volturi, which is a bigwig vampire clan. Actually, they're like the head honchos. They don't really come into play until the end of the movie, so I'll probably just come back around and talk about them then. But, of course, you guys know I have to talk about this movie soundtrack because it is just perfection. And honestly, I will probably be talking about every single soundtrack for these movies because if they did anything right, it was the music. It was always on point. I still listen to a lot of the music from these movies 
No shame. No shame at all. Everyone had a major glow up in this movie though. I know the budget was bigger, but it really showed in the makeup and hair department. We still have Jacob's wig, but it's not as terrible. And he only sports it for, I'd say half the movie. And that's being a little generous. It's, uh, yeah, it's half. We're, we're just gonna stick with half. The acting was way better. It's not Academy worthy, but the acting is still better. Plus, let's be honest, the material they're working with is pretty cheesy. I do love the books, so I have no hate for them at all, but we can all agree that this franchise is cheesy as hell. So in this movie, Bella is obsessed with age and not in a good way. We start out with her turning 18 and freaking out that she's one year older than Edward. Like, girl, calm down. He's 109. It'll be all right. I promise. She really wants him to change her so that she can stay young with him forever. Cue forever young to play in the background. No, just kidding. It's really stupid. That was my big problem with these movies and books is that she was so obsessed with changing and like doing all this and doing all that. And I'm like, girl, you could have just been with Jacob and you didn't have to change. But that's neither here nor there because I know a lot of you people out there are probably team Edward and that's fine. You are entitled to your own opinion. And I came around to being Team Edward, but not until Breaking Dawn Part 2. <laughs> but of course, since it's Bella's birthday, Alice has to throw her a party. And we all know it goes pretty bad. But before we get into the bad, we do have some good and some backstory of our other villains of the story. The Volturi. Told you I'd come around and talk about them. I am going to do a little snippet because Carlisle used to be a part of their gang. <laughs> We find out that the Volturi want to keep their identity a secret, and if anyone threatens that, they're killed unless their gifts can be proved useful. So, in that case, that would be Edward and Alice. They're your two, uh, golden kids. Let's go with that. I'll go back and talk about the Volturi later in this episode because they play a huge part in the ending of this movie and for the rest of the movies that we have left to talk about. So, they do play a big part, so I'm gonna get back to it, I promise. But back to the good and bad part of the party. The good part is that it is a nice little party and everyone gives her a gift, which leads us to the bad part of the party. While trying to open a gift, Bella gets a paper cut. Shocker, right? And you're at a party full of vampires. So one plus one equals bad. And Jasper tries to attack her, which leads to Edward shoving Bella and she bleeds and it's just bad. It's bad all around. So I give this party like a D plus. But we do find out while Carlisle is patching up Bella that the reason Edward won't change her, well, one reason, he doesn't want her soul to be damned, which is kind of a mood crusher for her. I don't know. She just takes it and runs with it. She's like, I know that you don't want my soul to be damned, da 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 And I don't know, she just whines. It's, she's a whiner, and <laughs> we all know that that's true. But after a couple of days, Edward takes Bella for a walk in the woods. Romantic, right? I also might add that he proceeds to tell her that his family is leaving town and that she is not invited. And then he tells her he doesn't want her to come because he doesn't want her to be with him anymore. Or he doesn't want to be with her. I should rephrase that. He doesn't want to be with her anymore. And let's just jab the knife in her heart a little more and tell her, please don't do anything reckless. Then leaves her in the woods. Number one, rude. Number two, you couldn't have done this all at our house? Like this girl is an accident walking and you're just going to leave her in the woods after giving her soul crushing news. Because after he's left her in this woods, she wanders around heartbroken and gets freaking lost. 
I know no one is shocked by that. But don't worry, Sam finds her. And who's Sam, you may be wondering? Just some shirtless broski who pops up out of nowhere and that everyone seems to know. And he gives us some weird power move energy with Jacob. That's a terrible introduction, I know. We will get invested in his storyline later on down the line, but he did have to be introduced. Number one, it's a weird way to do it. Bold choice. Number two, that's all you get for like... 30 more minutes, like, or not even that. I don't even know how long, but it's a long time before you get to who he actually is and what he's all about. But poor sweet baby Bella goes full depression mode. And I will have to say the way that they filmed this, I loved because it goes through October to December. You see the seasons change and all you do is see her sitting at a window while the camera pans around her. And it was just a really cool way to do it. In the book, the pages were just blank with the months on them, so I liked that they incorporated a different way to do it. It was just really cool, and it's still cool to this day, let's be honest. But Charlie takes over the situation real quick and tells her that she needs to move back with her mom, but Bella fights him on that because she makes up that she has friends and she's actually going to go shopping with Jessica. Now, obviously, Bella is not the shopping type, so they go see a movie. And after that movie, we run into these dudes on motorcycles. Well, the closer Bella gets to them is when we have our first appearance of Ghost Edward. Yep, you heard me right, Ghost. The more dangerous situation she puts herself in, the more she sees him. So, obviously this is a great combination, wouldn't you say? So obviously, Bella gets on the motorcycle with this rando dude, and after that adrenaline rush slash Edward encounter, she goes and buys herself some junky motorcycles and takes them to Jacob. And our romance starts to blossom. Just kidding. They just hang out all the time, but it's coming. I assure you. Hashtag team Jacob. Don't come for me. Like I said, I switched to team Edward, but not until the very last movie. Said what I said. So while we're chilling with Jacob, we meet Quill and Embry. And the only reason I'm bringing them up is because they come into play with Sam. Because other than that, they're kind of irrelevant. And I'm just being honest. They really weren't that relevant in the books either. I don't think. I'm blanking on if they were. I really don't think they were. But they pop in and pop right back out. Honestly. <laughs> so the bikes get all fixed up and they go for a test drive. Well, shocker, I know we have an accident because, you know, it's Bella. No one's shocked. And we do have some blood. But hey, we don't have to worry about that with Jake. That's a point for him. We all, all know that it is. But anyways, we also get a shirtless Taylor Lautner, which for young teen girls, that was a perk. And partially the reason why some of them were Team Jacob. Don't lie. You know it's true. So I completely forgot that Mike tries yet again to go out with Bella and it ends in pure disaster. This time, it ends with Mike getting the stomach flu and Jacob threatening him. Great combo. But this comes after Bella basically tells Jacob to keep trying to date her, please but only because she doesn't want him to go anywhere. Like, girl, that's mean. That is so mean. And he does it after a little hiccup. He does it. He sticks around waiting on her. It's just sad. And I think that's why I am team Jacob because he did wait and he kept telling her that he was the right choice, you know, time after time. And I think that's why I'm team Jacob because he really did try. He really did try to prove that he was the best choice for her. She just didn't want to hear it. And he stopped for a weird reason, but he stopped. <laughs> but I think that's why I rooted for Team Jacob because boy never gave up. He really didn't. 
until a certain someone came into the picture. But we will get into that way later. <laughs> but back to what I was talking about. After that incident where she was like, hey, keep trying, but only because I don't want you to go anywhere. We turn around and Jacob has quote unquote mono, aka he's getting a glow up, but we don't know why just yet. But let's praise God that that wig is gone forever and a haircut and a new tattoo and jorts were born into this Twilight universe. Oh yeah, I forgot Laurent like came back for like two seconds in this movie, tries to kill Bella, then a pack of wolves chases him off and we find out later that he gets killed. We also find out that there are werewolves. Dun, dun, dun. No one's shocked because there are vampires. Why wouldn't there be werewolves too? Just makes sense. They go together like PB and J. Actually, they don't go together. They actually hate each other. And that gets explained later on. But when we meet these wolves, Bella thinks that she recognizes one of the wolves, but doesn't think anything about it. Later, Jacob tells her that he can't tell her what's going on with him. But the catch is she technically already knows. She just needs to remember the story that he told her about the cold ones and the Quillette tribe that are descendants of wolves. See where I'm going with this? Jacob's a werewolf. If you haven't caught on to that yet. Took Bella a minute. A hot minute. But uh, it's Bella. We don't let it thought. But anyway, she figures it out and she goes to confront Jacob and we run into Sam's pack, which includes Embry, Quill, and Paul. We haven't met Paul. Paul's a douche. And she actually punches Paul, which is the best. And he gets really pissed and turns into a wolf when Jacob swoops in and saves her. It's a thing. Then they decide to take her to Emily's house, which is Sam's fiance. And that's when we figure out that Sam lost control once and attacked Emily. And she has scars on her face from it. But nobody really talks about it. It's just kind of an unsaid thing. But we're going to get back to Laurent and that whole thing. Since he's in town, it should be no surprise that Victoria's also in town. And not only is the pack hunting her, but so is Charlie. Except Charlie thinks he's hunting big wolves since that's what Bella said she saw in the woods. Awkward. Charlie thought he was hunting bears. Nah, just hunting some wolves and kill a vampire. Totally normal. So since there's no one to occupy Bella, they're all hunting Victoria or hunting each other. Dumbass Bella over here decides she gonna jump off a cliff for an adrenaline rush. AKA we're gonna go back to Ghost Edward again. And she does see him, but not before she sees Victoria in the water. No one freak out though. Jacob saves her. All is well. She's still a dumbass, but she's at least an alive dumbass. So before I get into too much about what's about to happen next, I don't think I said, and I know for sure I didn't say it, they have a treaty, the wolves do, with the Cullens that they stay, basically they stay on their side of the land and they'll stay on their other side of the land. So if the Cullens are in town, Jacob can't be on Bella's side of town. And, you know, if they're not in town, which is why you can hang out with her all the time, that's why, because they're not in town. Okay, we're going to get into it. Jacob's taking Bella home after her stupid stunt because Harry, which is Charlie's best friend, Harry Clearwater, he died because of a combo of things. Number one, seeing Victoria. Number two, with the wolves chasing her. It all gave him a heart attack. I hated it because he was trying to cover up the wolf print because he knows that that's not what they're chasing. And in the midst of all that, he dies. And it's just so sad because he was just trying to help out his bros. And he dies. 
But Bella is home alone. So her and Jacob have a moment in the car. And then he says he smells a vampire. Gets freaked out because he thinks it's Victoria. But Bella sees Carlisle's car and she runs inside because one of the Cullens are for sure here. And her and Jacob get in a little tussle because he's like, I can't stay here if they're back. Da, da, da. And she's like, well, I'm not telling you to go. And he decides to leave in a huff. He throws little temper tantrums often, so it's not a big surprise. Moving on. But, you know, I said the Cullens are here. And which Cullen, you may ask? My girl, Alice. She's back. She's surprised to see Bella alive, though, because she saw her jump off the cliff, but didn't see her get saved. Why, you may ask? Because since Jacob saved her, he can see him pulling her out because she can't see anything involving the wolves. Jacob does end up coming back around and apologizing. He just wanted to be sure that she was safe. And Alice is like, I'm not going to hurt her. And he doesn't know that. But we know that because Alice is awesome. But we get another Jacob and Bella moment and we almost, almost get our Jacob and Bella kiss until a phone call interrupts. And Jacob answers this phone call, which I don't know why, because it is not his house. Like, that has always bugged me. Like, you don't answer other people's phones. That's neither here nor there. This is not what we're talking about. But whoever is on the phone, he says that Charlie is planning a funeral. I mean, it's not a lie, but he didn't say who he was planning a funeral for. Cut to Alice freaking out, saying that Edward thinks that Bella's dead, and he's going to go turn himself over to the Volturi, because he wants to die too. So obviously, it was Edward on the phone. We all know that now. So what do Alice and Bella do in this situation? Duh. They just go to Italy. Because that's what you do. They find out when they get there, though, as they're speeding down the Italian highway, or whatever it's called in Italy, in their lovely yellow Porsche, that in Alice's vision, this is how they find this out, that the Votori refused Edward because his gifts are too valuable, like I said earlier. So since they refuse him, he's just going to show himself to the people. And they'll have to kill him after that because, like I said before, they want to keep their identity a secret. So you can't just have a sparkly little human being out in front of everybody. That kind of ruins your incognito type persona that you want to keep. But, of course, Bella makes it in time to save him. Or we think. But one little girl did see him sparkle in the sunlight. So that's, of course, no bueno. But who cares? Him and Bella reunited. Hint, hint. We should all care. This is a big deal. This is where we meet Aro, who is a creep. He gives off the weirdest vibes, and he can also read everybody's thoughts and see Alice's, Alice's visions. Wow, I can't talk. But he can't read Bella's thoughts. And Jane's powers, who she causes pain, do nothing for her either. So that's interesting, and Aro is intrigued on what her powers will be when she's a vampire. Because they've convinced him that they're going to turn her into a vampire just to keep the peace because they can't let them go with a human because you know it's bad for business but once they're home because they just appear at home edward says that they can hold off the volturi they don't need to change her which of course pisses bella off because she was finally about to get her way and she wants everyone to take a vote on it if she should change or stay human everyone except for rosalie and edward vote yes and Carlisle makes a good point. He says, you want to be with her. You can't live without her. This is the price that you're going to have to pay. 
And you know what? He's right. Because he does want to be with her forever. So he's going to have to change her. Boom. Mic drop. But before we can wrap up this movie in a tiny little bow, Jacob reminds Edward of the treaty. Because we run into Jacob in the middle of the road and have a confrontation. Where he reminds them that if any of the Cullens bite a human, the treaty is off. And basically that they can kill them. Also, Edward proposes because that's the one thing he wants before he changes her is to marry her. But we don't get an answer because the movie just ends with a gasp. Boo. It kind of wrapped up really quickly at the end, but it also did in the book. So I get that. But I give this movie like an 8 out of 10. It was definitely better paced than the book, but still not my favorite. We do get the Bella and Jacob relationship in this one, which is why it gets a higher rating. Because in all honesty, I thought that they had better chemistry than Chris Stewart and Robert Pattinson. But like I said, I'm 100% Team Jacob, so I am biased. And Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson's relationship did get better over the course of the movie. So by the end of this series, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, I believe that you're a couple in real life. Because you're selling it to me on the big screen, finally. Took them freaking five movies to do it, but they did it. But enough ranting. That is a wrap on our new Moonwatch. Alright, as always, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I do just want to say a huge thank you to you guys so much for your patience and for continuing to listen to me rant about these movies and talk nonsense for however long these episodes are. I super duper appreciate it. So thank you so much. Just a reminder, two weeks, so the 21st of January, we will continue this saga with my favorite movie and book, Eclipse. So keep an eye out for clips, sneak peeks, few new things that I'm going to be doing on my social medias, which are all at Movie Theater Mom. So please go give me a follow. And until the 21st, I will see you guys later. Oh,